I can't remember an election when there has been such a yawning chasm between the two possible futures for this country. America first. America first. We are against the teaching of contested political ideas as if they are accepted facts. The British are too big to bully. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the last stand on earth. The last stand on earth. Hello and welcome to the Other View podcast. Uh, today we're going to be discussing a topic that's been in the news a lot recently, uh, which is the whole conflict that's going on with uh, Israel and Palestine. Uh, we're going to look at sort of how um, how the last 100 years have kind of shaped the current conflict that's going on. Uh, so I guess we'll just start with, guys, what do you think of the recent events that have happened in Israel uh, and Palestine? Yeah, so obviously we've seen the tensions that have festered under the surface um, with Israel, Palestine, or Israel, Gaza, Israel, Hamas, whatever way you want to look at it, um, come to the surface in spectacularly violent fashions um well it's not a new thing and i think looking at the current events i think a lot of people seem to look at the current events in isolation um and i think that's you can't look at them in isolation it's uh, much more to it than that but obviously people have been dying on both sides um and obviously that's sad any innocent civilians dying um, is sad we've seen hamas launching indiscriminate rockets at Israeli cities and Israel um, launching strategic airstrikes on Hamas military targets. Um, yeah, I don't know what anyone else wants to say. Um, yeah, I think, the, I think the other thing is, is obviously as well that um, Hamas is sort of deliberately, um, well, specifically targeting civilians um, above anything else. Um, you know, when they're launching barrages and missiles into heavily populated areas that would, if they landed, kill potentially thousands of people. Yeah. Um, I think that the current situation is fairly um, clear-cut on, on who is um, sort of perpetrating the violence and ex- uh, extending the violence, which is Hamas. Sure. Um, and I think to realistically be 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 against um, Israel's actions at this point, or, or most of their actions at this point, would be um, well, they're ridiculous, really, given mm. the situations unfolded. And obviously, we keep seeing all this stuff about Sheikh Jarrah, which is uh, I I don't actually know much about this current conflict which you know might seem visibly but um but do you want to uh, does someone want to give like a brief kind of overview about what why Sheikh Jarrah is important yep. why it's notable at this point and what it has to do with the conflict at the moment yeah so Sheikh Zar is a neighborhood in East Jerusalem um in the the Muslim sector the muslim quarter of jerusalem um and the jewish i know the the word that commonly gets used which i'm not a big fan of is settlers um have been have petitioned the court to get the current residents of i think it's four families that are being evicted so they've petitioned to get those four families evicted um 
because they're not paying their rent. Um, and it kicked off because people are expanding this off into a larger narrative of Israel ethnically cleansing the Jews from yeah. the Jewish sector of East Jerusalem. Um, a bit more background to it. The land that Shriek Zazar is built on was purchased by Jewish people in 1875. So years before Israel existed or Palestine existed, for that matter. Um, and that land, when Jordan took over East Jerusalem in the, in the, in the, the wars since Israel existed, they sold the land on to Palestinian settlers. The Palestine, when Israel took the land back, the Palestinians were allowed to stay on the Jewish-owned land so long as they paid rent. Um, and recently, those Palestinians have been refusing to pay rent because they think the land's rightfully theirs. Um, and that's, I think, the, the, the heavily condensed version. There may be... So, so essentially, how, I, I don't... What, what did Jordan have to do with it? So Jordan, because Jordan, in 1960, in, until, like, until 1967, with the Six-Day War, mm. Palestine, the territory of Gaza was controlled by Egypt. Yeah. And the territory of the West Bank was controlled by Jordan. Right, yeah. Um, so when Jordan were in charge of East Jerusalem, yes. Jews weren't allowed in at all. They weren't allowed to worship at the West Wall, the sort mm. of the Jewish sacred area. They weren't allowed in at all. So they sold on their territory. So essentially it was Jewish, it was Jewish land before. So the Jew, yeah, the land is on the land is on was by Jordan. It got like taken by Jordan. Yeah, so the in 1956, Jordan um, made an agreement with the um, a couple of hundred Arabs um, that they were stuck a, a deal with the UNRWA uh, and the Jordanian government that they could um, forfeit the right for refugee assistance in exchange for a legal title for their homes in Sheikh Zazar. Now, the Jordanians never transferred ownership of the properties um, properly. So when the Six-Day War um was fought the Jewish people regained the this okay. Jordanian property that they had owned before, which yeah. made the agreement that the Palestinians had void. Um, and but Jerusalem said that they could not Israel said that the Palestinian people that were living there, the Arabs that were living there, could stay as protected tenants given that they pay rent, but they haven't paid rent for decades, um, which is why they've been evicted. They haven't paid rent for decades. But, yeah, in '67, isn't it? Five decades. Yeah, according to this, according to this source that I'm reading, um, I mean, I think for me, like I have only recently, since all this has been going on, like kind of read into it more because I think, as everybody knows, or as everyone thinks, they're like, "Oh, it's too complicated. I'm just not even gonna, you know." we're never going to sort that out. So I was kind of one of those people who I just didn't really look into it at all. Yeah. And I haven't, as I say, I haven't really looked into the, the ins and outs of what's been going on.
going on at the moment but I've just kind of done a bit of research sure. like as like on the whole so I suppose that's why I'm kind of asking you about that now because also I suppose people some people listening won't have necess- no, won't necessarily be like completely clued up about everything and yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I am on everything either no, so. and I I, I... I don't want to claim that I know every intricacy of the situation. No, but yeah, um, no. So the, I'm just reading, I'm just re- um, referencing information that I've yeah, no, found yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Does anyone so else? That, so, oh, so that was one of the reasons. There's other, there is other reasons that the, because it's the violence that started as a, as a protest, didn't it? I think there was there were protests from uh, the Israelis were protesting, the Palestinians were protesting, then there were some violent scuffles with Arabs and Israeli security forces at Al Aqsa Mosque, and then it's just cannonballed, snowboard, not rather not cannonballed, snowboard <laughs> from there, um, with everything, and then Hamas decided that they were going to defend the West Bank. So, so these people who had been evicted, everyone was kicking off that, who were meant to be paying rent. So they've not been paying rent for... Like, decades. For decades. I, I, that's, it's, as far as, <laughs> according to this source, I know that they haven't been paying rent. I don't know how long they... According to this source, it's decades. Um, I can't verify the, the length of time. But yeah, the reason they've been evicted is because they haven't paid rent. So, so th- it's pretty clear that this is... A sort of political move by the Israelis then to, to start evicting them now as all this kicks off. Well, no, the, they, this this has been going on for a while. That the this court case was filed a couple of years ago. The two thousand ten taking a while to get when they, when they first when right. the first protests began. What did you say? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten was uh, when they I'm sure they protests began after the eviction yeah this isn't so i think uh, i think Lewis right, okay, yeah, yeah. it clearly was a long time after well you know still still right until to be evicted but it, it was definitely a long time after the yeah um because it is worth remembering as well that this so it is israeli courts that have ruled that israeli jews can move back into homes that they owned before they were kicked out by the jordanian army in 1948 but it's also worth remembering that these same, because people say that, oh, it's an Israeli court, so of course they're going to rule in favour of the Israeli people or the Israeli Jews. But it's worth remembering that in 2017, these same Israeli courts um, ruled that Jewish families had to leave their homes that were legally owned by Palestinians. Right. So it, it there is... Um, balance. Balance, yeah. Yeah, it's, fair. it's, it's, not, a, fair, it's a fair judicial, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know because that's one of the complaints I've seen a lot as well. Of course, the Israeli courts ruled that the Israeli Jews could be yeah. Palestinian homes. Yeah, I mean, um, also, it's it, hasn't it coincided with Palestinian elections? Well, yeah, the the elections that have well, now been postponed again. Again, <laughs> this 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 Palestinian leader is now sixteen years into a four year term as president. Um, so he's turned himself into a little bit of a dictator. I think it's probably the the only way of describing it. I mean, if you live in a democratic country and you're still in your post without an election 16 years after you were elected, <laughs> um, something's gone wrong. Yeah. Which I think has, as you say, 
one of the reasons, another reason that it's heated up. But I think this is where it's, it's not as simple as one issue. I know a lot of the, yeah, the yeah. social media posts that people have been sharing in support of Palestine or the Arabs have been about how it's this one issue, one issue thing. And not only is there all the things that are going on at the moment, you've got thousands of years of history to look into as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, <coughs> like pre, pre, pre-Israel and Palestine history as well. Sort of thing. The Jews. So it was originally lived, with um, the Jews revolting against the Roman Empire, wasn't it? So the Jews and the Arabs have been living quite together in Israel for several sort of thousand years. Well, I, I, what? A considerable amount of time now. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> Definitely um, a lot of time. Yeah, so it's, it, yeah. Um, more to it. Yeah. I think also the way, like when you were saying about how, you know, people think it's about this one issue and, you know, you, you can only fit 10 slides on an Instagram post, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it has literally been like, I feel like this has been the epitome of the the Instagram infographic warriors. Do you know what I mean? Like with their yeah. cute little posts um, on their story. And uh, this has been going on for a couple of years now, I suppose, with all these polemic issues. But like... Because I don't want to, I don't want to criticize yeah. Instagram infographics completely. Because I do. I think because well, there are. I'll, there join, are you, I'll join you. Are, <laughs> the reason I the reason I say that is because whilst the majority of the sort of the maybe more pro-Palestine ones have been inaccurate, there have been an awful lot of no, more yeah, exactly. reasoned, balanced ones as well. No, I think I agree. I agree. It's just, no, it's more like a, a meme, just like yeah, no, yeah. in the sense that people think they can, you know, the, let's be honest, the people who are posting about this, the majority of them don't know or care that much. They didn't care or know that much, like say, you know, six months ago when it was BLM this and BLM that, when that was the thing to post about. And I'm not saying that you can't post about something if unless you're like completely read up on it. Like I, I do, I know that, but um, it just, it's just again, like this whole thing where it, it is, I know there's infographics on both sides and they are helpful. They are helpful, like, but they are helpful. They are helpful. Is, say your piece. <laughs> no, they're objectively not. No one actually reads them. People just share them to jump on a bandwagon and make themselves feel good. No, but like they're they're not helpful in the sense that they do just like create such a huge like they create pressure on people to post things that they don't necessarily want to post. I suppose there's that. But if you actually read into them, and especially the ones that are, you know, the infographics, you might more agree with them that they are. They are all of them can be really useful and Inf- help to see the other side as well. In- infographics yeah. where the information is accurate are helpful. The issue is that the, the supply of infographics has been diluted by <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens, not just for this Palestine issue, but for many other issues. The, the source the supply of infographics has been diluted by <laughs> dozens and dozens of infographics filled with lies, misconceptions, and so most of the infographics are useless then. Yeah, but I think that's but that's what I mean. It's, I'm not saying that they're all good. Yeah, it's just like when they the discredit, discredit properly. 
to discredit those that have actually put in research and actually put work in rather than reciting talking reciting narrative talking points are yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i think we've sort of digressed a little bit <laughs> no but i think i think I, I suppose it kind of leads into what we were going to talk about anyway sure. about kind of this whole wokeism again and um i've actually posted something on my story today about um how especially influencers they must have this immense pressure to post about these topical issues that come up to do with politics where you know where where before it was last last year it was black lives matter as i said but now it's like it's like this whole pro-palestine thing and um i follow these youtubers called abra and preach i don't know if anyone else knows them but they're really i, I really like them and they're um they always just kind of give an honest view about things and and someone was in their dms going why haven't you spoken about palestine you need to be like raising your voice you've got a massive platform to talk about it and he and he's like i don't want to i don't want to talk about palestine like why where were you when i don't know what happened he said where were you when there was issues in haiti i don't know anything about haiti but he said why were you when where were you telling like calling me out about when i didn't speak about haiti or he said from, there was another country that I can't remember. Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, there's there's always something to talk about, but it's like this one's gained the most traction. And, you know, influencers then shouldn't need to jump on the bandwagon just because this one is now the most popular one out, the most popular thing to jump on out there, if that makes sense, um, when they haven't done it about everything else. It's just so hypocritical, and I'm really glad he called it out because so many people feel i suppose instagram is now so politicized as well and influencers and i hate that word but like celebrities and everything they do feel like pressure and then they do cave into that pressure and yeah. just like talk about things and they don't really know what they're talking about or sure, sure. they wouldn't even care about politics anyway um but yeah so i think oh i don't know but obviously the celebrity bob was overwhelmingly pro-palestine and that's that's one of the problems as well with <clears throat> all of this is is people are trying to sort of make it a clear cut issue. Yeah. If you're this side of politics, you must support this side, and if you're this side, you must undyingly support this side. Yeah. I think it's so complex. You can't really say. Uh, you can say in certain situations like what's happening now. You can say, okay, I, I think Israel is making more decisions and is the better one at the moment. But the entire yeah. history of it, there's so much. On both sides, it's, it's very difficult to sort of say which side's better than the other. Yeah, yeah, no, not Hamas. I mean, Palestine yeah. and Israel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is. I think there's sort of like a couple of positions that I think are perfectly acceptable to take with Israel-Palestine. One of the positions that the majority of people seem to have, like, if you want to be pro-Palestine, then of course you can be. If you want to be pro-Israel, fair enough. You want to be in the middle, fair enough. But if you want to be pro-Palestine and want to completely annihilate, get rid of Israel, I just don't understand how you can come to that conclusion based on the current situation and history where you want to abolish Israel, abolish Israel um, when you've got people marching around with signs saying things like Hitler was right and kill the Jews and stuff like that. I just don't understand how you make that leap. 
anti-Semitism is heavily sort of involved, isn't it, with yeah. the pro-Palestine movement? Like not, not. Yeah, I don't think. I, agree, I don't think. I don't, I don't think everyone who's pro-Palestine is an anti-Semite. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. But um, I think Ben Shapiro said this. But everyone who's an anti-Semite is pro-Palestine. Pro-Palestine. A lot. A lot of people who are pro-Palestine are anti-Semites. There is a link. There is, yeah. yeah there probably is, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying there are probably a lot of people still who aren't don't hate Jews, but just sort of take more of a side of Palestine than they do with Israel. That's the that's the moral issue that a lot of these leftists are facing at the moment. Is that oh my gosh, we we we're so pro Palestine. Did you all see the pro Palestine demonstration? Demonstration in London. But those are morons hanging out in cars. Yeah. Yeah, seeing to rape, seeing to rape the daughters of Jews. Like that. Yeah, I think that's when it gets too far. Like, that's or not. Uh, I yeah. mean, got too far much before then. But should should that be illegal? You see, should saying that be illegal? Yeah. Yes, yes, it's incitement to violence. Probably. Yeah, I, 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 I was thinking that as well as to whether I was, it I was, I was trying to work it out, and then it was like, hang on a minute, but they are in calling calling for acts of violence so yeah that's is that, yeah, it's, clearly some met police officers or met police one met police officer yeah said her uh yes. side free palestine she said her protest. Yeah, and hug, hugged hugged some of the protesters yeah it's just silly but so with the with the current situation obviously the death toll that gets has been racking up in in Gaza has been much larger than yeah. the death toll in Palestine, in, in Israel rather, sorry, I keep getting them moved up. <laughs> um, and as part of that, that's led to, I think that's where the, the feelings of being pro-Palestine and pro-Israel have come from. They've, well, yeah, that's why it's easy to make these like statements. Yeah, because if you've seen... I, uh, everyone listening has probably seen it. People saying that what's going on now isn't a conflict, it's oppression. Because if it was a conflict requires two sides to be equally matched. I was like... Does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm, so, I'm pretty certain that that's not the definition of conflict. <laughs> um, this, this two is where two, it gets two very, very equally tough, matched sides facing off against each other is not a conflict. Is, is, this, is this where 17-year-old girls try to reinvent words again? Probably, probably, but the the idea that this isn't a conflict and this is just, I think it, it's comes. It, this is where all the misinformation comes from. This is where the majority of the misinformation has come into it. The Hamas use people as human shields. Yeah, they they openly admit it. There's like years ago they were admitting it. Like 2014, they were admitting it. Well, there was a thing recently, wasn't there, that um, ben, Benjamin Netanyahu, I can't say his last name, Benjamin, the, the, Israel's the, prime minister, yeah, um, said they commit war said to move the child to move children out of certain areas, um, they tried to warn civilians, and apparently some Hamas apparently responded with something like, um, "If the children die, they die." So they're willing to sort of just. But they're Let's not. Israel, no, Israel, Israel aren't willing to sacrifice. No, no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Hamas. Oh, Hamas sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Benjamin Netanyahu had said it. I was like, no, that's. No, no. Hamas, Hamas said in response to Benjamin. Yeah. Um, 
that because uh, the thing is, Israel's apparently been saying that they, if they if they know they're going to strike a certain area, apparently they've been trying to let the civilians know. Yeah, they they phone they leave. phone everyone up in the building to tell them that they need to evacuate. They text them. They do leaflet drops, and they've got these. They're called roof knockers. So they they drop bombs on the house to start off with, but they they hit the roof and explode without causing any damage to the building. They're like really really loud bangs, and it's to get people to leave. And they leave people enough time to evacuate before they bomb the building. The issue is that Hamas tell people not to. They essentially force people to stay. That's why the death count's high because Hamas are forcing them to stay there. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about how this isn't like the Palestinian people and this isn't like people are conflating Palestine with Hamas. And yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. and a lot of people on the pro-Israel side are saying we're not like anti necessarily the Palestine Palestinian people. It's just in this. But point, the majority the, the, the issue is the majority of the Palestinian people. Deuce, or at least in Gaza, probably, I don't know about the West Bank as much, but in Gaza, do support Hamas. Mm. And or and if they don't support Hamas, they are definitely anti-Israel. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is where it sort unarmed, of goes. Unarmed civilians shouldn't be getting killed in any conflict. But they, any conflict they do, they will. That's just the nature of the war. Yeah. Um, to act as though Israel needs to take the effort to well, it takes it take even more effort. And like, there was um, a video of one of the Israeli warplanes was due to drop to bomb one of the buildings that Hamas were using. And they could see kids in the building. So they called off the strike. So sad. They, they, were, they were about to strike it. And then they said, actually, no, there's kids, there's kids. They said they were bought strike, it bought strike sort of thing. They flew off. It's all on video. The IDF was showing it, sort of to show that they're not intentionally targeting people. Um, but yeah, silly. So when you see there was like a video of um, Hamas rolling up into a residential district with their rocket launchers, and then setting off some. But the thing is, is was it? Is it sort of like I think I don't know what the exact numbers are now because obviously the, the numbers of the number of rockets being fired have increased. But like when it when there was when it was when sort of. 2,000 rockets had been launched a couple of days ago. 300 of those had fallen short and landed in Gaza. So about, say, 20-30% of the rockets that um, Hamas are firing are killing, landing in Gaza and killing Palestinians. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, all of it's just, that's, I mean numbers are numbers without context yeah you people won't know that all of no. this and the thing is you see people say well no, not very few israeli people are dying so they need to respond proportionately it's like well it doesn't matter how many people are dying in these rocket strikes no the fact of the matter is that over three thousand probably nearer four thousand rockets now have been fired at israeli cities yeah, exactly. It's just they have a good defence. Yeah, they have 90% of those rockets have been intercepted. And they have bomb shelters for all of their citizens. Exactly. So it's, But that doesn't mean that 
that doesn't the, mean the that they should. Yeah, that doesn't mean that the Israel shouldn't be able to respond to these attacks. No, like if someone like this is the thing is, I think it's um, hang on, I'm just going to find this. This is a, so four thousands of this. We're recording this ten days after the conflict started. So four thousand rockets have been fired at Israel in ten days. If you, if your country, I think it's about, I can't remember exactly, but it's like something like 70% of Israel, 70% of the population of Israel has been, had, has had to run to bomb shelters because of missiles incoming. Yeah. Now, let's say the UK, let's say 70% of the population of the UK have to run to bomb shelters because missiles are coming and rockets are being fired at the Great Britain. Crazy. Okay, only, let's say, because scale it up to the population side, only 100 people in the UK have died from these rocket attacks. I think it's still fair to say that Britain should st- should feel ready, should feel it's able to respond. Yeah. To turn around to Israel and say that they aren't allowed to defend themselves against these rocket attacks. Yeah. It's hypocritical, because I don't think, I don't think even... The ninety-nine percent of these, the left that are claiming this, I don't think they would do the same if France, United Kingdom, the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, or whatever other country yeah. was attacked in the same way. I don't think they'd be calling for them to just ignore it. No, of course not. I think Israel even shown unbelievable restraint. I mean, if you imagine that. Um, Mexico launched missiles over the border into the United States. Mexico would fall as a country because the United States would just sweep through to make sure that didn't is, happen. Israel have more than the capacity to completely ab- annihilate Gaza if they wanted to. Yeah. But they're not. If if like people say that Israel want to wipe out the Arabs in Palestine, they want to take control of it all. If Israel actually wanted to, they could without much bloodshed on their own side. And this would be the pretty proof. This would be a pretty good time yeah. to do it if they were going to make it a good excuse. Exactly, exactly. And, and but then they're not going to. Israel, surely they wouldn't the same way that Iran could probably get rid of Israel. But I mean, but I think the difference like why why don't they? We also are talking about that Israel is 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 a massively powerful country against a very compared to Israel. Palestine is relatively powerless against them. Yeah. Israel, could, Israel could literally, yeah, like yeah, Jacob yeah, said, yeah. Wipe, wipe it off the map. Yeah, if, if, yeah and they're, but they're not. But, yeah. And Israel have tried to get peace with Palestine multiple times, but Palestine always turn it down. But this is where it, yeah, this is where I suppose it comes down to, well, I kind of have an issue with Israel where I think like why why do they have claim to that land in the first place? So as in the creation of Israel. Yeah. All the way back to the Roman Empire. So there's never been a period in history since well, since going one back as far as records go that Jewish people have not lived in the land that we now know as Israel. Mm. Um, in and the name, the name Israel, 
was first recorded way back into the the second millennium BC. Is mean, the land was actually named? I mean, they were named after it. It's yeah. Judea. The word Palestine, the name Palestine, doesn't appear until the fifth century BC. Um, so that's still that's obviously that's still a long time ago, but the name of the name Israel has lasted a lot longer. Um, so the creation of Palestine is a complex matter, but I know people often say because I think all the you may have the listeners probably seen. I think I shared it on my takeover last week, but you've probably seen the maps, the four maps of. Palestine in 1946, Palestine in 1947, which is the UN's plan. Palestine oh, yeah. in 1967 and Palestine in 2010. Um, because Palestine in 19, in, like pre-1947, Palestine was controlled by Britain. Yeah. But not, the, the name Palestine didn't just refer to what we now call Palestine. The, the British mandate of Palestine went into Jordan, up into Syria, down into yeah, yeah. the Sinai. Yeah, it's not just it wasn't just what we would now refer to as Palestine. No, the UN, the, the British drew up a plan which gave the, which gave, the British were the first ones to drop this sort of partition. They gave the Palestinians more land than the Israelis, and they gave like, it was, but Palestine turned it down. The Arabs in, the, in that land turned it down because there was conflict, which is why they needed to split it up. Then the UN did a plan, and the Palestinians turned it down, but the Jews had accepted both, and they decided to set up their country. Within hours of declaring independence, yeah. they were attacked by seven different countries at the same time. Mm. The border yeah. that get the the then the borders that we may be a bit more familiar with now were the borders that that war ended with. And they're not really borders, they're sort of like a treaty line. And those territories weren't... Palestine only came into existence in like 1995 when Israel gave Palestine land. Yeah. This is where it gets even worse, isn't it? Because you have sort of Hamas. Hamas wants to kill all Jews. I mean, we've said it before, they want to kill every Jew. Um... Whereas Israel is not deliberately targeting Muslims. No. It's not saying we want to kill all Muslims or no. Muslims can't live in Israel. Whereas Hamas and sort of many of the other Arab, Arab countries around Israel want to literally wipe Israel off the face of the earth. I think um, the... Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, Ahmadinejad said that um, he, would, he would wipe Israel off the face of the earth and Saddam Hussein also said that he would burn the state of Israel. Yeah. So it's really difficult. Israel is clearly in a position where they, hmm. if they don't retaliate, then these countries have said multiple times they have no problem with killing every Jew in Israel. Yeah. Mm. Like, there are 22 countries in the Arab world. There is one Jewish state in the whole world. Yes. In, 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 in Israel, this one country, 21% of the population are Arabs. 1.9 million people are Arabs. Muslim, yeah. Across those, in, 
across all of those 22 Arab countries, there are only 20,000 Jews. Yeah. Now, to say that Israel is the apartheid state that's ethnically cleansing Muslims is to ignore, is to maliciously ignore the apartheid and genocide carried out by the other Arab states. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... But the thing is as well, I I don't know if you've seen the photo, but there was a photo um, of two um, Israeli Defence Force soldiers praying side by side. One of them sort of stood up because he's a Jew, like praying. One of them's down on the floor praying like a Muslim. Like, like as, as a Muslim, because not like a Muslim. He is a Muslim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you've got these two soldiers defending Israel. One's Muslim, one's Jewish. That he wouldn't, they wouldn't defend this country that they love if this country was trying to kill them. No. no. That's just a matter of it. Israel isn't. I mean, Israel is pretty no. accepting of other religions. Yeah. To be fair, like that's what I mean. My my concern is not with. Israel's morality and what Israel does I think that they they seem like a perfectly democratic state and whatever for me and like I am kind of coming around to the idea of why Israel is where it is and you know how it's not necessarily like they've stolen other people's land Um, and not that that's even necessarily a thing I suppose like I don't know but, but but it's more that that would be my issue with it is not who they are as a people or a country because I I think all of us with Western values can appreciate their Western values and where they are placed in the world and how hard that must be. It's yeah. more just like the history of it really and feeling and pe- I I just don't like when people are like well Israel is better I'm pro Israel because they are basically western whereas the others are like islamic um like basically formed on is islamism or whatever or they they, they have more inst- incidences of that and, and it's like obviously i'm you know anti-islamist and anti-terrorist but that's not that's not the question for me that's not like what it's about yeah. it's about like what's fair like did those people get did they did people get like pushed from their homes to create like a this new state from the UN and whatever? I don't know. That's what's my issue. Well, I think it's a hundred percent. It'd be it'd be wrong to say because Israel has definitely done some very questionable things. Um, the Palestinians, mm. the past. So that's that's factual information at this point. They've done things that have been in the United Nations, is, so they've committed human rights violations at certain points against certain Palestinians. So. Israel's not, Israel gets kind of hard because it's almost like if you're on the right, there's a lot of commentators on the right that sort of seem to be undyingly allegiant to Israel as a state. Yeah. Um, and as Jacob said earlier, there's no such thing as a perfect state, a perfect country. Um, and Israel's clearly made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, like I said, they've been investigated for them at certain times. Um, but I think that in proportion, Israel's done a lot less um, to Palestinians than Hamas has tried to do to Jews and Israelis. And any other and any other minority group in Palestine. Yeah. And that doesn't just doesn't justify Israel's actions no. when we do them. 
but it's just sort of looking at it in a realistic example because you can't compare the two. This is where you, you've seen like the the complete ludicrousy of it when you've got you see have you seen a lot of the LGBTQ community? Oh God, yeah. Or the the queers, if they did that queers, in Palestine, they'd probably Palestine. be killed. I'm like, you do realize that the people that control Gaza would kill you on sight, given the opportunity. Like, this isn't this isn't the sort of country that you would a would want to visit or b would want to support. Yeah, but they, but they could, but they could live relatively freely as a yeah. gay person in Palestine and in Israel. Well, exactly. Israel has the only LGBTQ, the rest of the alphabet soup letters. <laughs> um, has one of the largest pride festivals, or I was about to say largest. Has the only pride festival in the entirety of the Middle East. <laughs> no, the one in Saudi Arabia is pretty big too. They have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought queer was a homophobic slang. It used to be. Okay, I see. It's, it's, that's acceptable now. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same that's... as how people of colour used to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, putting it as bluntly as possible, when, when you've got, you know, this sort of conflict, especially in the area it is, it is inevitable that you're going to hit civilian targets. And the, the people who support Palestine... We'll always have anecdotal evidence, you know, civilians being killed. But the, the bottom line is, there's only one side in this conflict that's actively targeting civilians and firing missiles and weapons in the cover of civilian infrastructure, and that's not and that's not the Israelis. Yeah, and I think the, the important thing to note that I think the media seem to ignore. That the people on the left that are pro-Palestine and recite the death toll seem to ignore is that if a military organization, a militant group, whatever, use a civilian building for military purposes, it becomes a legitimate military target yeah. by law, by international law. But that's not like so. Yes, it's you could argue they they are hitting civilian buildings. But not for not because they're civilian buildings. No. Yeah. No. The IDF aren't striking these buildings because no. there's civilians in there. This isn't this isn't at all. And, and it really goes above sort of the requirements of international law by deliberately going out of their way to try and warn civilians to get them as far away as they can before yeah. they bomb these buildings. They don't yeah, exactly. under international exactly. law, they don't have to do that. No. Because because Regardless of who's in the building, they're using it for military purposes as a legitimate military target. But they text them, they phone them, they drop leaflets, they do roof knocker bombs, trying to get everybody out. They leave enough mm. time to evacuate, but Hamas tell people not to. Of course they do. I mean, it looks good for Hamas when civilians break well, exactly. up because they, they know the support yeah. they get. Especially, from, from especially when they have the press in their pocket. Like, yeah. I think we saw... Um, Al Jazeera, the building that Al Jazeera and the Associated Press occupied in Gaza mm. was taken out because Hamas was using it. Mm. So there was a one of the Associated Press's um, journalists in Jerusalem. So he's more free to speak. Um, these are some quotes from what he said, having worked with them. Um, so this is him talking about the Associated Press in Gaza. So I was informed, this is I was informed by the Bureau's senior editors 
that our Palestinian reporter in Gaza couldn't possibly provide critical coverage of Hamas because doing so would put him in danger, end quote. Yeah. Hamas understood that reporters could be intimidated when necessary and they would not report the intimidation, end quote. Hamas fighters would burst into the AP's office of the AP's Gaza Bureau and threaten the staff, and the AP wouldn't report it, end quote. Yeah. Cam- cameramen waiting outside the Shifa hospital in Gaza City would film the arrival of civilian casualties and then, at a signal from an official, turn off their cameras when wounded and dead Hamas fighters came in, helping Hamas maintain the illusion that only civilians were, ki- were dying. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting, actually. So, like these, and there's there's more quotes, but I'll, I'll stop there. Like these press organizations in Gaza are essentially being used as Hamas propaganda. Propaganda, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People are falling for it, though. And we thought the BBC was biased. Yeah. <laughs> well, they pretty. I mean, on this issue, they clearly are as well. But... <laughs> yeah. But with that um, quiz... But I, but I don't think they're being threatened by Hamas fighters in, in London. With the quiz for Palestine thing, there's this really interesting YouTuber that I've been following for like a few years now called Corey Gil Schuster. I think he lives in Israel, or he must do. But he's an American who's, I suppose, Jewish anyway. Jewish Israeli. And um, he, goes and he goes around Israel and Palestine and asks people on the street, does street interviews with to kind of tackle these big questions and the quiz for Palestine thing was came out like a came out lol uh like two years ago (laughs) um and and that he was asking people then this is pre-covid obviously um people in Palestine oh what do you think about this quiz for Palestine um and a lot of them didn't actually know what gay was to start with um they had to explain what that concept was and then after that they were a lot a lot of them were just like we don't want her support that's disgusting um you know completely condemning it and he was saying to them like don't you appreciate their support and they were like no we don't we don't want their support like that's what i mean it's it's like yeah yeah i don't know you can still Again, I, I, I understand that you can still support someone without them supporting you back or without they don't have to like you but it, sure but it's just this like blind blind anti-west western yeah. culture that these people have not these people i'm not blanketing everyone in the lgbtq community i'm not doing that but um you know people who think because they're they're queer or whatever then they they are automatically pro Palestine and you know pro everything else that this sure. bracket of people seem to need to fall into and it's like do a little bit of research and have a bit of respect for yourself because these people hate you these people actively want you dead yeah. and want well, people like I, you dead. I can't remember where I, who who said it but it's like the 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 quiz for Palestine is the very literal equivalent of Turkey voting for Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Like, well, not the country, the bird. Yeah, Turkey's waiting for Christmas. You, yeah, sorry. I just, I just thought you meant the country and I was like, what? No, no, no you mean the bird, yes. Yeah, yeah, the bird. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, it's just like stupid, isn't it? 
but um, I don't know. Has everyone kind of said what they want to say? Yeah, I think we're going to see how it. I don't, on, on that note, we'll see how it how it transpires in the next few weeks and months. But I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Oh yeah, awesome. definitely. Yeah. I think I think it's probably one of the most uh, sort of more prevalent flare-ups in in in, in long term yeah. because it's not like this conflict's been over. It's, it's constantly ongoing. This, no. this is obviously just one of the bigger no. um, moments that's caught the world's attention, and I think that you know this is probably one of the worst ones. Well, if not the worst flare-up of the wars, obviously. Um, yeah. And I think, like you say, yeah. Uh, it's going to get worse. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, uh, I think we'll end the episode there. Uh, thank you, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can keep the conversation going using the hashtag TOV podcast and also follow us on our Instagram and social media pages. Um, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Long live the cause of freedom. <laughs>